trying to do is do good put on my hood when i walk through hoods cause these niggas these days is local you get it in your vocals if you ain't a local yeah that's why i'm trying to go global yeah I know. i'm playing because like perfect i remember that time of my life when i was that into music and yeah i was listening i was listening to things for years it was definitely like always in my rotation rotation uh-huh. i play i play one album my right, cool going back to 1999 I'm gonna go album, back no, nineteen ninety nine. I think it came out like during the summer or whatever. But that yes. summer, I played it every time I was in the car. Nineteen ninety nine. I put it on a CD. Well, remember he was um. You put it on a CD. I put it on a CD. <laughs> what mm. you call it, Joey? Um, he used his verse from Suspect in the Cyphers. Mm-hmm. Well, um, because I remember seeing the Cypher because I already heard about it before because I heard Rejects. Yeah. And I had downloaded nineteen ninety nine. I hadn't played it yet. I played it, like once, and I was like, "This is really good," but it didn't like click with me. Mm-hmm. And then I watched BT Cipher again because that one I, that was one of my favorite ciphers, even though it was like it was. Bro, solid. then BT Cyphers that year, yeah, I think, no. was just solid. That whole it was, they used to be very legendary. It yeah. was Childish Gambino, right? And he had a good verse. I remember that was mad funny. It was mad witty. It was ASAP, um, Joey Badass, uh, Angel Hayes. I think was Schoolboy in that one too. I don't. I don't think Schoolboy Schoolboy was in that one. There was five of them though. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Double XL. It was BET. Mm-hmm. But I remember. No, yeah, Schoolboy was a TDE one. Okay. Yes, and um, Joey did the same verse of Suspect. I'm like, wait, I heard this verse yeah. before. I went back to listen to 1999, and I just played it all the way through. Because when I first listened to it, it was like Survival Tactics. That was my song, yo. Like that was it right there. Like if there was anything mm-hmm. militant, black, public enemy going, like <laughs> MF Doom, <laughs> but, right but here. But the, the beat was hard for uh, Survival Tactics. No, it was extremely the hard. The beat was hard for the whole tape. That's how I got into Capital C's too, though, because I heard Capital C's rap on that. I'm like, this man flows. Granted, mm-hmm. his mixtape that came out at the time. Uh, Amer- American corruption, like KKK, or yeah. American. Um, it was solid at best, but I think that was right. Be- that was on before 1999, and mm. his flow after 1999, his combination of Joey and Steve, like Joey and Steve's combination, to me, was undefeated. Yeah, because some people, one, some of my friends were already on pro era before. Yeah, and so I wasn't. I was like, I'm gonna be completely honest. I was mm-hmm. not on pro era at no. all. Oh, no, but no. I heard 1999, I mm-hmm. and that was one of the things like where it's like you go back and listen to the pro era camp. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think the pro era had one of the like most solid camps. They did all around. Like when you consider every artist in it. Well, they had arguably, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. They had like a legit team. Like they had dancers. They had producers. Like like 47. There was legit 47, 47 people that was like affiliated oh, with a pro era. Yeah. Mm. Like, they had, like, a list of people who did all types of stuff related to what they were doing. And so, but I remember Rejects, um, and that was, that was, that was dope. Mm. It was dope. It was like, it was like, not like childish rap, but it was like, he was 15, 16, and I'm like 15, 14, (laughs) whatever. And I'm listening to him just talk about girls and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, this is solid. So. I'm not going to lie. I was, I I didn't really get on to him until before the money came out. Oh, for real. Oh, you, you came late. 2014, 20, Oh, I was very late. Oh, man. I mean, he came was, out, was that that late? That was the next project, that, right? Yeah. That was, his, that was, that that was, was his first album, was it? What? Before, Before the, the Money was his yeah. first official yeah. album. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, was, he has Rejects, 
1999. Mm-hmm. 1999. And then he has Summer Nights. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, he does have Summer Nights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. And then so Pro no, yeah. has two mixtapes. They have um, the Sex Tape, which is like the very first mixtape. I think it even came out before Rejects. And then um, Peep the Apocalypse, which came out, I think, three days before Seeds Committed Suicide, which was mm-hmm. like the eve of um, when the world was going to end, the December 12th, 2012 type thing. Oh. And that was, to me, that was like their best project collective as a group. Peep the Proclus. If you ever, I mean, y'all have to listen to it at some point. No, I, I listen. I listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't hear 1999 until last year <laughs> we lived oh, together. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I always played it. Snakes. Yeah. 1999 was literally. I used to drive around like summer nights. I think it was like senior, junior, or senior in yeah. high school. 1999 was the That's only the thing playing. Long live Stilo, man. R.I.P. That was the R. R. best song. What do you, What do you have? Um, we don't say swag no more. We say swing. Do 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 do. Bro, that was the days. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> welcome back, audience. Please. Oh, Mike, doing the intros now? Yeah, okay. we gotta do the intro. We gotta do the intro. I'm gonna start off sometime. I gotta carry the weight, you know, put the team <laughs> on my back every now and then. But you know, welcome back to after dinner conversations. Glad to be back for episode six. Six. Episode yep. six. You know, um, and every episode was amazement to me because it was just <laughs> this was just an idea, like last year. Or like not even last year, like a couple months ago, honestly. Yeah, it hasn't um, even been a full idea for a year. Yeah, I'm always yeah. grateful, always grateful to start our episode off because this is nice. You know, I always keep watching our episodes. Uh, we're not surprised, but we are grateful. <laughs> we, I'm definitely grateful. We're I'm definitely sometimes grateful. I'm surprised when I get like a text or whatever. Be 100%. like, yo, um, shout out to the pod. When the next episode coming out? So everybody that that's left a comment mm-hmm. or that sent me a text or a phone call or whatever the case is, I appreciate you. I, we appreciate you yep. so much um, for the feedback as well because it's definitely impacting how we how we navigate this space no definitely and i've had some really dope conversations just with my music with people um who listen to the pod and it's like oh you know this person i'm like yeah of course and then <laughs> that's it right there um like well, i was talking to somebody about d smoke like i think it was like a week ago and they're like oh you listen to d smoke i like, i do now and i didn't know him and sir were on brothers i just saw the they're picture. brothers yeah they look just For alike real? They look just alike i, I seen the picture on twitter i had no i'm not idea. surprised actually now the music sounds so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm I'm waiting for um TDE to pull up and come get the brother because I thought he was affiliated with them. I don't think he is officially, is he? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm I would hope so. I mean, at some point, so. if he, my brother was in a, a top late rap label, <laughs> I hope I you know he can like, throw me the lob. You know, he's you know top dog. Can you play this real quick? Mm-hmm. Spin this. Okay. He just won a rhythm and clue or whatever. Rhythm called. and flow, yeah, rhythm and flow, yeah, yeah. No, he bought. I mean, I heard he bought that. <laughs> I said rhythm and clues. Shout out <laughs> rhythm and clues, man. Good times, good times. No, um, nah, he's he's really good. I listened went back to listen to his first um tape. I think it was only like seven or eight songs, but it was good. Like his his growth from his first project to his second is really evident, and it just made sense when I saw Sir there. I'm like, oh, Sir, that's a good collab. Not knowing he, all he had to do was pick up his, his phone, call his brother, like, yo, ready for the project? And then he's here. <laughs> Look, he might be down the hallway. He might be staying at the crib. He might be. He just knocking at the door. <laughs> for real. But again, we do want to end that off. But uh, thank you for that feedback. If you have feedback, please give it to us. Not the glorying thing, but I've I've, only, I've heard a lot of positive feedback, so I am happy to hear that. Let's know. Oh yeah, they twins. <laughs> Let me see. No, he's showing me showing showing us a picture. Of them oh yeah, of Sir yeah, and yeah, D Smoke. They, they're they definitely. Are, I don't think I've ever really seen. They like, almost look sir identical up close, up close in person. Like I mean, that. I think I it's the first time I've ever seen, seen him. Yeah. First time I've no, ever seen him. Yes. Thank you. But the topic today that we will be talking about. Hold on. First, we got to do a check-in. Good. You got to check on people's states, like emotional states. Can like... I just tell them the topic? We can go into that, too. Damn. See, you tried to throw <laughs> off the flow. Like, I, I ain't never <laughs> doing it. I ain't know. You got, y'all got nah, it. I ain't no, never no, doing no, no, intros. Fault, I ain't never doing intros. can't do intros. Mike can't do yeah, intros. So, Corey, so Corey nah, DJ Corey Moss. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. How are you brothers doing? 
I am drowning. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let me tell you a story. Okay, so we had a meeting today. The meeting was scheduled for 2 o'clock. I'm in my office. So I'm like, I, don't, I ain't hear from Steven yet. So maybe he gonna be maybe he gonna be a little bit late. It's one fifty nine. He said I just woke up. I said yo, don't we got a meeting in one minute? He said I'm on my way. Ooh. This dude came running up the stairs in his Nike Tech. Oh, <laughs> like so you he just, just throwing the Nike. Like tank. he just left a workout. <laughs> oh my god, that was my workout. I was running up the steps. Went through your fleece, man. Never, never, man's never sweating. You come on now. <laughs> no, so I went to bed real late, and I was do I was kind of doing work, and then I went off on a tangent. And I was just kind of doing not like specific work work, but just like things to keep my other stuff in check, pod and everything else. And um, went to sleep. I woke up at nine. I was supposed to go to Hartford for the kids, but I don't think we was meeting with them today. So I went back to sleep. <laughs> and by the time I like really woke up, it was like one thirty. But I was just laying in bed. Like my body was physically exhausted. And then I think Corey hit. I just I told him I just woke up and Corey's like, we got a meeting. And I looked at the clock. It was one fifty nine. I threw on my sweats and I just, I didn't even grab my backpack. I didn't grab nothing. I just grabbed my keys, sped down a regular road going damn near 80, pulled up, parked, <laughs> ran up the steps, got there like 14 minutes late, tried to like control my breath, but I was out of breath. Like, you know when you have to whisper so you don't, <gasps> I, was like, I was like, hello, how are you guys doing today? Like, <laughs> so, but now nah, it's been a rough week. I've had like a lot of things come up with um just work and some of the things I'm doing for research that's like, taking more of my time than I anticipated. So I'm a, a lot more late nights than I would want this mm-hmm. week. Um, so I'm just trying to push through. I'm just glad the weekend is here. By the time y'all hear this, the weekend will be over and I'll be sad again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be there. But I'm I'm making my way. What about y'all? Um, go ahead. No, I'm doing – I won't say I'm drowning, but I'm definitely fatigued. Um, I feel like – these oh, graduate damn, school no. classes, these graduate school classes. What, what is it, like, old Negro spiritual side? <laughs> <laughs> man, it's just, it's just uh, the work is intensive. And on top of, like, you know, you might have, like, research assistantships and graduate assistantships, you know, trying to fund your education. And they call it, you know, like we say, uh, at least in our university, the tuition remission is not free. You got to work for it. They yeah. definitely, and they're definitely going to put you to work. You definitely got research meetings. You definitely got that. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying all my opportunities, of course, without a doubt. I'm very grateful for what I have. But that doesn't mean I'm not tired. <laughs> so I've been going through that process. I'm very happy at the event I attended last night, um, thrown by the, our African American Cultural Center. Um, more so that because the guest of honor, our keynote speaker, keynote speaker was the Honorable Andrew. The Honorable Gilliam. Honorable Andrew. Andrew Gilliam. Gilliam. Respect on his name. Right. Um, if you don't know who he is, he ran for governor in 2018 in the state of Florida. Um, he lost. I think. The voting ratios were his opponent got 49.6 and he got Andrew Gilliam got 49.2. Mm. And he was the first black candidate in the kind of the state's history to run for governor. Um, Lost by 30,000 votes. Yep, 30,000. That point four is crazy. Um, and That's then, with voter suppression in Florida, by the way. Exactly. And it's, it's, I, know, I don't think it's ironic, but he lost. And at the same time, they passed that um, reenfranchisement of felons in Florida, too. So mm-hmm. it's like 1.4 million people got the right to vote, even though they're still being, they're still trying, you know, some forces that, you know, powers that be in Florida are still trying to, you know, oppress their vote for those mm-hmm. reenfranchised people with poll taxes. Things are very legal and very racist. Um, but that's besides the point. He came here last night. He gave a great speech. I got to meet him. And I'm very happy because I'm trying to be that man one day <laughs> in my life, in my own right. But just like being that type of community leader, that you know, that elected official, that kind of public persona that's like for the people, it's like trying to help people. Um, so that that really made my week. It made definitely made it a little bit better. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I'm trying to stay in the float, but we surviving. What about you, Corey? Uh, I'm just trying to stay healthy, man. Mm-hmm. There's so much going around here. Everybody, every time I see somebody cough and sneeze, I'll go pop me some vitamin C supplements. Yeah, knowing the pandemic now. <laughs> I got my, my um, orange juice and my vitamin C. Get that, get that emergency. I have my emergency in my cabinet. Uh, my hand sanitizer stays on my backpack. Always. Yeah, I, put, I, I took emergency at work. I took the whole packet. I don't know why. <laughs> And I tell you, I was like, <laughs> "Ain't you supposed to take a whole packet?" I think so. That, that, that was like, oh, I, I thought you meant you took the whole box. That's oh no, no, I probably would die. That is oversaturated. <laughs> no, no, I think you have a hundred thousand. I don't know why I took. Right. Yeah, I took a regular. Turn to a whole like I would, I, you're, super you're, vitamin C or something. Like, what do you? What would your mutants even do? All that vitamin? You just become a mutant, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Walk out here like it's a Marvel movie. Oh man. But no, I took one, and that joint just went straight to my head. My immune system was straight, done. <laughs> I was, like, ready to go after that. But, go ahead. but yeah, just trying to stay healthy. Uh, some milestones coming up. Just uh, booked my comprehensive exam for my master's program. Oof. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, that date is, is set in stone. Now it's just a matter of preparing and wrapping up some things on my end. Uh, obviously passing the rest of these classes. But, again, trying to stay healthy so that I'm able to do that. Uh, this weekend, definitely going to spend some time with some family. Again, try to get that that last, that final stretch, get that last bit of energy a uh, couple of weeks before spring break. So take advantage of that. Might go see my godson, everything like that. So oh, the godson. Have some fun. Yep. This brother is about to be a graduated man, man with two degrees. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My two big degrees. godfather, too. Ooh. Yeah, my, my cousins um and his wife are having a baby. Oh, they said I want me to godfather. Oh, word. I like oh, that. That's such a massive honor. He used to tell me that. Uh, yep. It's, it's a wrap. That kid about to be. Not gonna be see Bobby's boy low key, but it's a wrap. I'm about to be there every day. I'm about to be Nick Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> militant. Real militant. Steven gonna be like, you don't gotta listen to McGraw Hill. <laughs> you know, send him to your crib, maybe. 100%. I'm just gonna pull up with the books. <laughs> That's every gift for a birthday every year. Oh, yeah, 100%. You turn 18 and do a different book in black history. Yeah, you get, you get um, one toy and one book, yo. That's what we're doing the partnership. Steven gonna write a book called The Militant Black Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ways of Raising. Oh, man. Nah. But nah, I've been doing good. Life is good. Um, it's always it's always about figuring out your like your way through the process of everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, I never complain. It's just you know, if you ever like for me, it's like you ever take the, like one step off your path, like or your process, and I get thrown off, and now I gotta recoup myself. Mm-hmm. You know, things are still due. You still gotta do this, do that. Um, so I'm trying to like really just stay grounded and learn that what's a stable process. Because um, you want a process that that lasts through. Like your situations, of course. Like, you know, if, like if we can set this up for grad school, I'm gonna be able to like shift this process around when you get a job. You know, when you, when you do whatever is and uh, whatever's next for you and so on. So I'm just what I'm working on right now. Okay, being stable nah. <laughs> as a person. That's valid. That's valid. Like we're at that time. Yeah. You, you gotta be on top of yourself because. Not everybody's gonna check you, and we was just talking about this earlier. People are not gonna check for you, so you gotta check that's for yourself. Definitely a fact. So some people want to see you for. Oh, they, I know they want to see the dudes fall. It won't happen, though. Some people praying for it. Oh, they've been praying for a long time, Mike. It's, it's a tough scene for them. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. No. But um, go ahead, Mike. Now you can introduce the topic. Now, well, now I can introduce the yes. topic. The dudes put the training wheels on me to introduce the episode. Mike, you've been doing a great job. Excellent uh, job. Excellent. It's okay. You don't have to lie to me. That's all right. <laughs> um, but, you know, the topic we're talking about today is a great topic. You know, more calm. We did some serious things <laughs> the past couple episodes. But we're talking about the album of the decade for 2010s. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> all right. I'm never going to do this again. We're talking about childhood dreams. You know why? I was looking at the album thing on my laptop. I told you. I, I was looking yo, at the album then, thing. Then you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yo. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Yo. You know what? I take that L. I take that L. 
I do need to be lied to. I'm sorry. <laughs> we locked in, yo. We here. We here. Nah, but we are talking about childhood dreams, though. Seriously, we talking about childhood. I was looking at the. I was trying to get prepared for like that uh, a later episode we're having. Um, yo, we were just talking about funny. before the pot, um, for this pot. <laughs> Uh, either way, we're gonna talk about childhood dreams. Look, it don't matter as long as you say it with confidence the way Mike did. We good. Yeah, we it good. It we good. Matter. Now y'all, y'all got a sneak peek of what's coming next. <laughs> y'all got a sneak peek of what's coming next. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, um, so we're just talking about what those dreams were. You know, what's the process of growing with your dreams, or if they if they stay with you. Um, you know, what happens to the dream deferred type of conversation the about dream to <laughs> All the time, links to use. That's valid. So for y'all, I'm gonna ask the first question. Um, was do are you where you thought you would be? Like, oh no, not am I where? No, not, 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 even, not at all. I told you, I don't, I don't I didn't even let me finish the question. Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with one of my, my, my first dream that we could laugh about together, right? And I'm gonna give the backstory. Right? So, from I want to say at least kindergarten, maybe preschool to about second grade. I wanted to be a McDonald's worker when I grew up. What? Yeah, yeah. I know your father ain't allowed that. I have like no, a little book. I, I got a story like that too. Yeah, like I have a, like a little book. It was like not like a yearbook per se, but like a mini yearbook from mm-hmm. second grade, and it, it's in there. And I, I've said this to my parents. I don't think they ever took me seriously. I hope not. But I was a hundred percent serious that I wanted to work at McDonald's. Like I knew the minute I turned 18, 16 or whatever, I was going to work at McDonald's because I had an obsession with them fries and them nuggets and the burger too when they were decent to me at least. Um, so yeah, I was like, I want to work at McDonald's. I want to be um, making the food in the back, and then after, I want to become a manager. And then I was it. How old was this? This was like so kindergarten to second grade. What, okay. Five years old to okay. about eight. Okay. Zero aspirations for anything else but that. <laughs> Zero. Maybe like professional soccer in some instance. Yeah. But like I have it written down. Like this is written history of Stephen Sam that I wanted to work at McDonald's, guaranteed. And you couldn't tell me anything. And don't don't. What about Wendy's? I was throw them all to the side. If it's not McDonald's. I didn't want it. I just wanted to work at McDonald's. Yeah, listen, man. It's <laughs> Mike. You said you had a similar story because it can't be no worse than this. No, <laughs> it might be worse. <laughs> it it might be, be worse. And I just remember a memory from when I was a kid because I saw this um, commercial. <laughs> Sounds stupid. My brother used to laugh at me all the time. I had this commercial for Lowe's. And I wanted to work there when I was a kid. And I was like, look, Mac would be carrying plywood around and got a nice little uniform on, and like you know, helping like move, like build things and stuff. Like I didn't know what the hell they was doing mm-hmm. <laughs> on the commercials. It just, it just looked dope. I McDonald's know. commercials was fire when we were growing up. Y'all can't no, play. Oh, we, yeah, we, when, they no. The, when they had the toys. Yeah, they, yeah, they looked yeah, yeah. happy. Oh my god. If, I don't know if people know this, but McDonald's have always the one thing I always knew about McDonald's since I was a kid. They always have had black people in their commercials. They, yeah, they always. Or maybe them. I was just in a predominantly black area. Yes, but I <laughs> yeah. feel like they growing up because they showed the black commercials on BET. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, black people be singing R and B, singing to the chicken nuggets. I'm like, yo, <laughs> it'd be a mother with her little son. He's like, no, 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 no. And I was a kid. I just appreciated the Africa. I wasn't seeing black people in no type of commercials. That's, valid. That's very <laughs> and, valid. In the uh, early 2000s. Cause it used to be like 365 black or something like that. Was that McDonald's or was that Walmart? That uh, I don't know. I might be Walmart. I don't mm. know if it's McDonald's. Damn, Lowe's. Lowe's and McDonald's. But that was just a, that was like a half yeah. dream. I just want to work. Again, yeah, mad judgment to my left over here, Corey. What do you want to be a doctor? Right off, right, a, a, a reverend. Right, reverend. No. Holy deacon, deacon, doctor. Look, I just wanted to. I wanted to coach basketball. Oh. Literally, uh, literally. So typical me. Negro dream. <laughs> no, I wanted to coach, coach basketball. Oh, coach. I ain't, ain't want to play. I ain't want to play. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I used to be out here drawing plays in class. <laughs> I, I literally used to draw basketball courts on, uh, on, on my papers, and then like random be, X's and O's. I'm supposed to be put taking notes. I'm over Down here drawing the baseline. Yep, because thir- third grade was easy, so I was That's dead. I was dead in here. Second grade was easy. I used to be like, "Yo, bro, 
I'm about to do this later. Trim <laughs> class running plays. Only offense. You had defensive schemes. I didn't care about defense. Uh, he wasn't serious. Mike, Mike <laughs> D'Antonio coach. Right, right about to say. <laughs> Literally all the video games. I created my own teams before you could do create your own players. Yeah, I remember so, that. The NBA Live days. Facts. Those were valid days. No, I actually remember my first my first ever dream was to be a rapper. When I, was a I remember that. Well, he said that, what, first episode? Yeah. When he's he's never said his, his rap name. Rap I, didn't, name. I didn't have one. And I know his mom got his notebook from during those times. I, I, I would doubt it, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, she got him somewhere. But that was my first, first dream. She hugged it like, oh, You man. had to have a name, though. That's what I'm... I'm I didn't have that's one. That's like the first thing. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> just turned 24 in second grade. We'll, we'll, how old were we, like, We'll nine, get the name. I'm going to talk to your brother, because I know he, he know the yeah. name. That was my first dream. I can, I feel like I like me dreaming of what I wanted to be were like significant moments in my life where I always remember because that was like how I imagined myself. Mm -hmm. Um, that was second grade, sixth grade. I wanted to be a chef because both my parents cooked very Mm -hmm. well, and my dad had a restaurant when I was younger. And I have my aunt and uncle had a restaurant that's still open in Southwest Philly, um, right now, like Jamaican restaurants. Um, and then after that. After sixth grade, I think seventh or eighth grade, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to draw. I used to draw a lot. Mm. Um, I wasn't good at it. No, I wasn't good at it. Uh, I'm probably better than like the average person, but like it's not like you know. Yeah. I have other friends that would like draw someone like off the dome. No, 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 no. You know, I, had, I like to sketch. I used to like sketch like anime or like, characters and stuff like that. I just uh, like doing I used stuff to like do that. Small cars and stuff. like cartoon stuff. Like that's what I was always doing. Um, I thought I was gonna be nice at it, but I was, that was. You ever like won an art show at high school? Uh, no, like no, 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 nothing oh, like that. Just, that's just something I did in my free time. I won one in third grade, but granted, we was just doing hand turkeys, yeah. But mine was the best one. Oh, got, got, got featured in um <laughs> the the town hall in East Harford. The town hall. Yeah, facts. Got to meet the mayor. It was great. It was my, my turkey. I think I, my mom probably still has it somewhere low key. It was nasty. It was really good actually. Harford, a different place. But. Yeah, go back. Just like, <laughs> go back to what you're talking about. Cause um, but yeah, Steven that was my killing me. that was my childhood <laughs> dreams. But no, I am not doing any of those things, man. You can say the artist thing. I do photography. That's like more of a self, um, mm-hmm. you know, motivated venture. Because uh, my, of course, I'm I'm mastering in education psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I got somewhere that was completely. I didn't even think I was going to college when I was a kid. You know, and now yeah. here I am in graduate school. So. So I, I definitely didn't think I was going to graduate school, but yeah. that's, that's yeah. another story. College was even like a concept to me when I was a kid. <laughs> How many dreams did you go through before, I guess, you arrived here? Because I feel like it's like a series of things that go on before you kind of like hit it. Because like from after I realized I wasn't going to be a McDonald's worker, which is after, I think I think my dad Loki said something. I can't uh, remember. I'm pretty sure he would. <laughs> and it was like from third grade to like eighth grade. It was a combination of being like – a detective. It was like detective and lawyer. The my days of NCIS and watching Burn Notice and my cousin who loved Law and Order. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be a lawyer, and then I'm gonna be a detective. And I was riding with those two things for a minute, mm-hmm. and then I joined mock trial in ninth grade, and I realized there's a lot of reading, it's a lot of um, preparation, a lot of reading again, laws that don't even make sense, and a lot of writing, writing too, a lot of writing, and um, and then just a the language of like certain rule like laws, I just could not fully understand what it was, the way the um, the syntax of the sentence was, like reading like old, old stuff and I was like, Oh God can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> God can keep it. So I was just yeah, so at post rapper, right, and post Lowe's worker, what was the next step from there? When I was in high school, um I don't think I had a dream of anything. I was just mm-hmm. trying to survive. That was the first time I had like stable education where I wasn't like moving or transferring. Mm. Uh, so I was just trying to like fit in and like, you know, play sports. And yeah. I don't think I had, 
I didn't have bigger like aspirations to my senior high school, and that's when I got to physics and stuff like that. Um, and so that dream, those physics dreams were like I'd say like two, three. Uh, I, I want to do so many different things in physics. So I probably like three different dreams in there before I got to where I am right now. Okay. So wait, did you have sports um, aspirations? No. <laughs> did you? Uh, like 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 serious sports aspirations? No. Like serious. Um, well, define serious. You're talking like, about like I, like I thought I was going to like play D one sports. I mean that's okay. That's like su- I don't want to say pseudo serious, but that's like second tier. Like f- the first one is I'm going to league, and no, then the second no. one's d- like playing in college and D one, and then whatever. Else. One okay. thought I always had my whole life is that professional athletes literally play this sport every year for their whole life, and I know I was not doing that. <laughs> they put in that type of work, and that's why you got to tell these young kids, man, if you're not in that gym every well, not every day, but like most days out of the week, you're not playing AAU. It's, it's for basketball. You're not playing AAU. You're not on the teams. You're not doing all these things. Where are you going? You're playing two hours of practice with your coach, and then you pull them to the game. That and you, you on, the, on the weekend, you're chilling with the homies, and like and all of a sudden you think you're going to the league because, what, you bust some dudes at the park? <laughs> it's <laughs> always it. funny talking to dudes. I, I'm, I'm not here to kill dreams, but. No, some dreams deserve I, to be killed. I just <laughs> knew I, I knew I wasn't people serious. Have, people have to be realistic. Like I knew I always wanted to be around basketball in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And then like one summer, I was like, I'm gonna get serious. And like I, I have boys that uh, play D1, play D2, are now you know in the league doing their thing. Shout out to them. But dudes had me waking up at like 6 a.m. on Saturday in a like 90 degree heat to go outside and play basketball all day. And I literally went like two Saturdays. I was like, nah, <laughs> nah, the same, the same for me. Yeah, you got put in a lot of work. And, and, and they did it, and and they made it. So shout out, shout mm-hmm. out to them. But for me, 100%, yeah. that was not gonna be what I was about to do. Like I was, they was in the gym. They're like, I can't come outside. They was playing on like six different teams in the summer for AAU. I'm like, bro. At least, at least it they literally has to be it, your though. life. Like, at least they made life. it. Like I remember freshman year, uh, I was going to basketball workouts in the summer, like every day. Like, I don't know if it was twice a day, but it was definitely one um, in the afternoon or sometimes in the morning. And us freshmen, like, at the time, um, I don't know if y'all know, it was like Kane Broom was at East Hartford. He played at Cincinnati for a bit um, just recently. And y'all remember Collins? Mm, I think so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. he listened to Paul Shout Collins. Um, mm, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was like a few, a lot of us that were like underclassmen, like about to be freshmen or sophomores. So we're going every day trying to mm. make the basketball team just stand at third. And, you know, the older guys are coming to us like, yeah, you know, like, play big, you know, you might see Florida State here, you might see you do, like, you're selling us all these big schools, mm-hmm. so I'm going to basketball every day, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm taller than all these dudes, I just gotta get a little bit of handles and jump shot, and I'm, I'm set, and then I really started watching how, like, freshmen play, and even how varsity plays, and our school was decent, and especially as I was going through um, high school, they made semifinals twice, um, but it was like, I can see the how different they were than the high schools that are featured on ESPN, mm-hmm. how those kids played. And after freshman year, I'm like, yo, I'm not making the league. Like, <laughs> like I was sitting there working every day, like, yeah, I'm going to go to Florida State. Or I'm going to go to University of Miami. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. And I was like, oh, they play me at center. I'm 6'2". You, you wanted to go to University of Miami? No, at the time. Um, I'm just saying Miami in general. But I'm screaming. Know. No. It's funny. I had um, a boy, I think, um, what's his name? Mike Robinson. I actually did track with him. He went to New Britain. Um, I was in East Hartford. We competed against each other in triple jump. And he ended up walking on over there, actually. Mm. But... Yeah, I was just like, at the time, University of Miami for um, NCAA, it was valid. I forgot who they had that year. It was like 2013, but it was decent. Um, A lot of Florida schools were decent at that time. Uh, Or just, you can't go wrong with North Carolina. You got NC State, um, Chapel Hill, Duke, make it work. So I was like, that first freshman year, or that freshman year of high school, I was like, I could probably go to a league low-key. Because everybody was short. (laughs) Like, Connecticut just got short people, granted, but... I was just sure. I'm like, man, I don't need to jump to rebound over you. I'm here. 
but no. And then you meet somebody the same height as you with an extra 50 pounds, and then he has handles. Oh, and he has a step back. Oh, and he had 30 last game. Slow beans. Wrap it up, Steve. If, I blame my parents, though. My parents didn't throw me into basketball. My parents actually never threw me into basketball. I had to find it myself. And I didn't play – freshman year of high school was the first time I played organized ball. I was just playing street ball that entire mm. time. So if they had just been serious – because I've always been tall. Anybody would tell you. I was taller than my kindergarten teacher by, like, second grade. Like, I was just walking over all these teachers. But ain't nobody put me in sport. They was like, oh, my God, you're so tall, you play basketball. Ain't nobody give me the funds to sign up. Ain't nobody buy me no shoes, none of this. They didn't provide none of the resources. They just <laughs> said, oh, you should play. Like, God was just going to drop shoes from the sky on some like Mike <laughs> <laughs> type of vibe. So, yeah. But I always, I, when I talk to dudes, and Mike knows, knows this, especially um, younger black men, it's like, oh, what do you want to do? And they just drop their sport, boom. I'm like, oh, you nice? And then I look at their teammates, they're shaking their head like, not <laughs> nice. That's the worst. But No, what it, the worst is when you see them at, like, a camp. Like, I've seen people, so um, I know people that do, like, excuse me, academic and athletic camps. So, like, mm-hmm. they do, like, a leadership component and they do the athletics. So, dudes be, like, sleep through the whole leadership component. They got, like, six speakers. Dudes in there knocked. But they got their shorts and their cleats and their bag. Under, under their pants. Got their <laughs> knee braces on, everything, their leg sleeves. Then they get out on the field or the court. My dude was dropping passes, <laughs> missing shots. Always blame like the dude that's dropping the passes. Always, always blaming. Always blaming he the had quarterback. To do like that freshman year, yo, he he had no handles. He always wanted to do a crossover and then lose the ball in his left hand because he didn't have a left. And then he start yelling at us big men like, "Yo, get open!" I'm like, "Bro, you didn't even have the <laughs> opportunity to pass the ball. What do you mean get open?" So dudes, oh dudes out here like quarterbacks like five five. I'm like, "Bro, what line you about to see over?" <laughs> like it's just he said he drew breeze with it. Just killing me. No, Drew Brees is still a good six feet. Oh, he is six feet. He's six feet, yeah. He's five ten. They'd be pushing stats. I mean, he's short for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he's short for a quarterback. Line, average lineman like six five, like three hundred. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. These dudes is out here like think they're gonna be six foot quarterbacks. I'm like, bro, you gonna have to be a DB. Or I something. mean, you could, but usually to be like that <laughs> to be like a six foot, you know, to be undersized and make it to professional league. And they always want black quarterbacks to switch positions, but that's yeah, another that's conversation. Another conversation. <laughs> I just didn't tweet like that too with um the family. The family guy picture when Peter got pulled over yeah. and had the color thing. And the first three was like QB. And the last one was like switch positions or something like that. Oh, my God. I think they asked Jalen Hurts that the other day. They did. for He never played another position, to my understanding. Neither did Lamar Jackson. So, <laughs> they both always play quarterback like since high school. I, don't, I honestly don't know the problem. Jalen Hurts, I, like, I don't see the issue. But, hey. I'm not an NFL scout. He, he's a bit shorter, right? The NFL scouts low-key don't know anything either. I, I've watched Clearly. ESPN enough <laughs> times to just watch them fail at their predictions and then still get the check and come next week and just say something completely different than what they said last week. Now nah, I mean, they were wrong at I'm all. I'm pretty sure that was a story last season because, like, some team execs were, like, asking their scouts, like, how did you let Lamar Jackson drop? Like, why mm-hmm. did you, you know, give, like, an inaccurate report on his skills and capabilities? Yeah, no. I, I don't know. I'd be watching, especially when it comes to basketball. Like, Stephen A., with, with all respect, he'll never listen to this podcast. But he doesn't know basketball. Like, 80% of it is just straight him, street ball. It's absolutely street ball. It's the concept of, oh, if he get the ball, he got it. I'm like, no. Like, the amount of times I watched him pick the finals wrong and playoff series wrong, it's off straight. No, nah, he did it for years. He did it for, like, eight straight years. years. It doesn't make any sense. So, that's why in the back of my head there's a, there's a retirement plan of getting to low-key sports broadcasting just, just to pull up and argue with these people because I know they're not serious. Steve, I don't understand how you get the NBA wrong because you got a seven-game series. Like, it's one thing to get March Madness wrong. Yeah, or even an NFL game, you know what I'm saying? You you got one shot, but, like, dudes would be complete. Like, Paul Pierce, when um the Celtics blew out the Bucks last year oh, yeah. that was by, like, 35, and he said the series is over. It's going to be a sweep. 
and the Celtics never saw a win again. I don't know, like, why wasn't Paul Pierce fired? Like, <laughs> just get him out of here. Paul Ring has an NBA championship. Hey, don't get me started on Ryan Hollins, man. Man, let's switch it up. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, haven't, yeah. I haven't seen Ryan Hollins in, they, the, they t- in Yo, a social media ended him, bro. I think ESPN was reading some tweets, and they got him out of here <laughs> because they pulled up his 2K stats, and they was like, Ryan Hollins, you was a 57 2K, you talking basketball? They was roasting him, bro. And yeah, I was like, two points point, a game, yeah. 2.7. Yeah. He was like, I was in the league. And it was like, but you averaged 2.7. That's one shot. Yeah, no, he couldn't come on first take yeah. anymore because Max like grilled him like four, four episodes in a row. He was like, "What did you do? You start just watching him on the sidelines?" Like, Yo, Max was getting him out of here. Dang, two point seven. That's like a shot and a free throw. So he ain't yeah, even 100%. hit. He wasn't even good for them free throws. That's, that's not. Exactly. That's, that's not even a whole free throw too. <laughs> like I'd be sitting there like, there's people in the league who really average like two points, and I'll sit there like, as bad as I am at basketball, you cannot tell me I can't get one basket a whole day. Not one. I mean, you got to be athletic. To you got to be on the court, though. Hmm? You got to be on the court to get the basket. But if you're yeah. not on the court, then you must not be that good. Yeah. Cause I've seen people get 10 points in five minutes. If they're a bucket, no problem. It's a big if. <laughs> not everybody a bucket. So, nah, it was – it's sports. Sports has always been, like, a dream, especially, like, my friends growing up. They always had those aspirations. Like, I don't know who sold it to them specifically because my parents did not let me sell – um, did not sell me hoop dreams or any. I don't think dreams. anybody sells people hoop dreams per se. No, I think, people sell. I mean, okay, they, you know, I, that, that a, was. I was you I kept a lot. I kept a lot. Hoop dreams. Yeah. What I mean, I think that how you sometimes like you know young children get their dreams. They get their dreams from what they see on TV. I think, or what they see yes. which popular, what they see the people who have the most money. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where they, a lot of their dreams come from. But like, think about all the things that you that influence you from media, right? From TV, like. Mike, I mean, Corey is a big R&B person, and Corey just admitted he could sing. I don't think Corey ever wanted to be an R&B singer, unless I'm wrong. No, I never, I never did. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's there's something else in there besides media. Like, I, I'll give you this: like when Obama wanted to be ran for president, I wanted to be president after that. I, I won't lie. I had like I'm saying, the, I, there, there's definitely um, it's definitely there in some aspects, but I think there's also like somebody's kind of pushing it, you know, because these NBA stars aren't going on TV and say. Yeah, you could just be like me. They just do the interview and sometimes just walk. But out. I think I think sometimes it's the livelihood that you can see mm-hmm. with it. So I think you know, for me, even even singers from from a certain aspect, you don't really see too much of the backstory. You don't really see you know too much of the house that they're going home to. Sometimes you see that the car that they drive, especially now more so with social media. But I think when we were growing up, NBA players like you saw their lives, like you saw them walking in to the gym with whatever belts or whatever you know. Fly stuff they had it's, on the, exactly the NBA music. The, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like what was it like NBA ballers or something like that? NBA they, ballers, NBA street, NBA, NBA street, street for PS PS two. Yeah, yeah. Like Classic. when they had the ball, like you could buy the Bentley in the game or whatever the case Valid, was. Yeah. Like that's Damn, what you, that's NBA what you did. AI with the chains. I mean, two K tried to reemerge that. Um, I don't play two K like that, but y'all can buy a bunch of stuff. I heard. What in two K? Yeah, yeah. You can do whatever. Yeah. Like so you can buy that. I mean, you got to think like basketball courts and football. Like th- those are the things that are like open access to you in your neighborhoods. Like yeah, they're gonna put that. They're not gonna you know put the flyer for the debate team. <laughs> they might give it to you like at, at church, but if like if you're not going out to these civic organizations, you all you're gonna do is see the basketball court. Like yeah, the, the one gift you're gonna be able to buy like a basketball is like two dollars. Like they're not gonna buy you a gavel in a in a judge robe. Like that's just not. They're not gonna buy you. <laughs> without the scope or, or you know things like that to be a doctor so these, these are the things that you get access to unfortunately fortunately or unfortunately um because not to say that one thing is better than the other so 
Shoot. But yeah, I didn't have hoop dreams in that capacity. I just always wanted to be around the game. I'm still around the game, so yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you you um you out here um refing? Yeah, I referee. I referee basketball, so I'm still. Corey said you trying to make it to Mohegan. That's the goal. <laughs> Look, I got an email about a college camp. I was like, I'm about to just drop everything else in my career and just go try out. <laughs> no, I definitely want to coach um, so- well soccer first, and then maybe basketball at some point. Uh, where whenever I find like a stable place, I know I'm gonna live. I just I just want to coach. Coach, yeah, like, you know, I would probably do it. I'm like retired. Like, it's not gonna be serious at first. It's just gonna be at first, you know, it's just some rec league, you know, let the kids teach them a little game. Bang, Look, bang. You're about to have six of them, so you're gonna be fine. You 100. Just so bring that whole team. So you know, 100. Dynasty's in the making. Dynasty's in the making. Um, Stephen, what was, what was it for you after after McDonald's? Yeah, after McDonald's, <laughs> before um, computer science, there was. Middle school, like seventh to eighth and seventh, eighth and ninth grade, was all detective because I got really big into NCIS. If anybody doesn't know who what NCIS is, it's essentially like a detective show. It kind of functions like the FBI type of sense, and they mm-hmm. just solve murders and stuff every episode. And I thought it was really dope. I watched every episode that's, faithfully. That's one thing I used to watch uh, CSI Miami. That's my show. Yeah, they're all in the same catalog, so I wanted I to a lot be of that. Cop shows, yeah. Um, so briefly, like forensic scientist for like a month, and I realized I didn't like science that much to get into it. So detective, because you know they did all the big work. At a certain point, you had to realize like that TV show was a lot of entertainment. It's not like yeah, yeah not yeah. even in the slightest. You're not bringing nothing back to no lab. You was gonna run some images on the computer, bring up fingerprints, and, and then like you're gonna chase the killer, yeah. and you gotta shoot him in the leg, and, and you're gonna solve it in 48 hours. Yeah, no, 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 no. They'd be taking no. months. They'd be taking months. Um, so it was that, and then scandal. Kind of scandal really pushed my I want to be a lawyer type of thing. I, I thought you were about to say president. I was going to question you. Question say, well, you. President? president? No, no. Barack Obama started those president aspirations, but they yeah. were kind of like just in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And then um, scandal kind of pushed that whole lawyer thing. But then I kind of threw that to the side after I joined mock trial because I'm like, if I can't really do mock trial, which I could, I just didn't want to. Um, what am I going to do, a lawyer? I'm doing a mock trial, and I don't mm-hmm. like it. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I love debating. I love um, discussions and arguing, all that stuff. But the formality of being a lawyer was there for me. Um, and then what, did, what was I going to say? Oh, and then there was this girl. I think she graduated in 2012, the same year as my sister. She was class president. And she gave one, like, the best speeches I've ever heard in my life, honestly, from, like, in person. And so I ended up running for class president, like, my sophomore year. And, like, between that and Obama, I was like, I'm so. And so I wanted to be able to facilitate and be in charge of, like, change and really influence people. Um, but I didn't. I wasn't sure if I saw that as, like, a am going to be president of the United States one day because I didn't see myself as a politician, per se, because mm-hmm. I realized I was going to do something in tech. It was business sophomore year of high school. I did all the finance classes, marketing. I was If I didn't get into tech the way I knew it could be a career my junior high school – I've been in school of business probably right now because I visited. I came to UConn. I met Mike Mallory. He sat me down, X, Y, and Z. I was about to do business. But then I read something about Google. I read something about um, computer science. And just something about me, I've always been big in tech. Like, first Game Boy got at age of three. Um, Pokemon Crystal. Heard it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Bob the Builder, my cousin, had that game. Uh, we just – I was always – and I got my first GameCube, I think it was 03. So – and I've had every system that's came out minus the PS3 and 4. So I've had both the OG Xbox, PlayStation 2, the new PlayStation 2 that he created, the OG PlayStation. I still have Sega Saturn, uh, 64, uh, and Nintendo DS. What am I missing? Game Boy Advance, SP. 
I've touched all the systems. And I used to be like the main like fixed computer person with my dad and I'll jailbreak iPhones. That was my passion. Like I will come in, open all the little city of things, find the best packages for you. Like what do you want? You want this, that, and the third, you want the Nike logo sign, so the <laughs> Apple sign. I got that. Everybody had that. So I <laughs> went no in insurance on a phone. Yeah, so I went in. I'll even like look up the code, like just the how people were like doing some of the jailbreaks, like the things behind that were working, mm-hmm. just to understand how it works. So I'll do that. I was doing that for like four or five years. I'm like, yo, I'll give you the best jailbreak that anybody can give you. Might as well be better than your friends, guarantee. Mm-hmm. And your phone will die not as fast. Cause I don't know which things you need to take off at some point. A little winterboard when you're swiping your whole all the apps like going to a circle. Man, my thing was clean. Um <laughs> Mike asked like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the first listening, man. <laughs> <laughs> so once I was doing that and I learned about um like code.org or something like that, mm-hmm. it was like junior year, I was like, Oh, I could do IT. Because I still wanted to do business. Mm-hmm. I was doing internships in Hartford at the time. So I, was okay. like, I still want to be in business. I could just do IT, that's tech. And then, I don't know, I just started learning about um, people hacking and stuff like that, and I just thought it was dope. And I was still watching NCIS at the time, and they had the little hackers behind the screen, and I'm like, man, I'm going to become a hacker, I'm going to do computer science, I'm going to be running the code, I'm going to make apps and stuff. And after that, I was smooth sailing. Um, still not a hacker. I kind of know how to make apps, per se, um, but it's cl- the closest I got to the trajectory of where I'm at now. So... That's how it be. So that's a pretty dope path. I mean, again, like you, you figure out, we figure out a lot of stuff along the way. Test it out, figure out if you like it or don't mm-hmm. like it. And then telling your parents is always the funniest thing too. Because I told my, I want to be a lawyer. I told my parents that, and it was excited. Oh, my son's gonna be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I feel like a lot of people had those aspirations for law, and then it's just kind of like the the image that's creating society. Like, you know, you're Olivia Popes or you're Annalise Keatings, mm, just kind of like killing it. And it's not as sweet as that at all. Big valid. So here I am now, computer science, tech, future politician. Those <laughs> <laughs> aspirations. That Barack Obama thing. Um, such an interesting part. Yeah. Very I'm, integral. I remember, where I, I remember exactly where I was. I was in Philly, so. My dad still got a frame of him in the house. Him, him and Michelle. I went. I went to DC for the inauguration. It was like zero degrees. Dudes can't good. Couldn't get close at all. Of course not. Let's Still see. watched it on the screen. Went all the way to DC to watch it watch on, the, on screen. the screen. I was yeah, so sick. I missed that inauguration to get braces. I was so sick. My dad bought the tickets. My uncle lives in DC, ready to go, and I had an appointment like three weeks before. Like, I right, we're gonna have to give you your braces the seventeenth. Because this is what people forget. My birthday is January seventeenth. Obama got inaugurated on January 17th, and I got my braces on January 17th. That was the worst birthday to date. I was depressed. All, every time I just licked my lips, I cut my tongue, bro. I was like, I'm <laughs> sick. Absolutely sick. I remember. It was like a changing point for me when I was a kid, too, to see him become president. Um, he, like, literally is what got me into politics. Yeah, 100%. I was not paying attention to politics when George Bush, especially after the whole Katrina thing happened, especially after Kanye was he like, George Bush don't care about black people. <laughs> you know, he wasn't paying attention to um, John Kerry and uh, George Bush? John Kerry? John Kerry. <laughs> John Kerry, that was a horrible political movie he did in that 2004 election. He tried to, tried to pull a fast one, mentioned people's family, and it did not go well. Um, why, was I, why was I paying attention to that? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Exactly. Um, there's no reason to pay attention. Um and my parents didn't talk highly of him, of Bush, or what am I paying attention to? But when Obama came, uh, 
not only did I get into politics, it was like I stayed in politics. Like I never really backed away. And I used to tell people, I tell those people all the story, um, this story all the time. And I used to watch any time he would speak publicly, I was watching it. Like Obama. every yeah, well, probably oh, it, Obama. It, was a, it was a requirement in my household. <laughs> like all all TV stations will will State be State of the Unions, White House correspondent. Then there's UN speeches. You gotta tell my dad no. Come on, <laughs> CNN was on. My I think my dad low key got cable for Obama because we didn't have cable until like. I want to say 2007. Mm-hmm. It was just like mm-hmm. basic 13 channels. Oh, Tell you what, Obama's running for election. Oh, we need CNN now. And that's when he did the DNC speech. Was that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And tell you what, once Obama started killing, my dad went and got cable. We had CNN again. Disney Channel was back. Nickelodeon, like ready to go. He said, "God, God bless Obama." God bless Obama. <laughs> we was the happiest ones in the house. He's like, he came home one day and we're just I forgot we was watching um, Smallville because WB Channel 11. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are y'all watching this? You're not watching Disney Channel? I'm looking back at him like, how could you be so rude? Like, <laughs> just say that so casually knowing we don't have cable. Because when I moved from Hartford to East Hartford, uh, we didn't have cable for that first four years. And he just take the remote and change the Disney Channel. You see the them doing the little wand yeah. thing. I'm, me and my sister are screaming. We're like, yo, we got cable! Like, <laughs> smiling and everything. Bro, I wanted to cry, bro. That was, <laughs> that was monumental. Like, to, yeah. to have cable, like, the first six years of your life and then lose it for, like, three-ish, four years, absolutely depressing. Now, granted, I you wake up early Saturday morning to watch your um, WB Kids. That's all you had, though. That's all the clips they were doing at 12. Man, you had to go on with the rest of your day. Or CBS Kids. Sundays? I used to be depressed. <laughs> there was oh. nothing on TV. 60 Minutes? Come on, man. <laughs> I watched literally every 60 Minutes, I think, from, like... <laughs> 2003 to 2006. That was like the closest I could get to entertainment. And then Friends. I was not watching Friends. Mike, when I you don't have ca- when you do not have cable, it gets limited. You can only read so much. That's why we have video games. I was not watching Friends. I, my dad, my dad was honest on video games. We couldn't play on weekdays, bro. Uh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, slow beans. What is that? I hate to see it. Tough scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but the point I was making about Obama, I feel like that gave me like another idea of myself, especially that he was there for eight years. Like we grew, literally like the most formative years of like our lives. If you were born like the 96, 97, like, I don't know about 98, but 90, at least 96, 97, 95, like he was there, like, you know, from when I was in seventh grade until I was like a junior in college. Um, and I be, I kind of molded my dreams around like, there's like, there could be more to me and who I am and how I present myself than what I saw like in my day to day, in that sense, you know? Like, I could be in a part, of, I could be a part of the larger world and, and represent it and like be polished, you know, and speak well and inspire people. Uh, and I didn't think that I had those thoughts before I saw President Obama. Um, because the way he can he conduct himself, Michelle Obama's on her, you know, has changed up our lunches in schools and all of our um, oh, policies. Yeah, t- I know we was all mad, but then we can't say nothing because then everything changed. We used to have it the did. we used to have the uh, the Nick. I think it was like was sixty what is it sixty minutes of play? Oh, oh, sixty minutes of play with the NFL and Nickelodeon yeah, or something. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They weren't playing. Yeah, no. They weren't playing anything on TV for like an hour. Fifth grade was the last time um, school lunch had fire pizza, yo. Because yeah. Michelle Obama came and I don't know what Sodexo did, but yeah, that pizza was nah, it was terrible. They, they went to the plastic cheese on that. The plastic cheese. I used to like like take a bite and I'm, like, I'm not eating this pizza today, yo. Vending machines went down south. <laughs> Every chip was baked. Oh, yo, it took me a while to like bake yeah, chips. I still don't even like bake chips. I don't even I like don't chips. Know. I still don't but, know about bake chips. But. I don't eat chips, but that baked, when you don't see anything else, and first of all, the pizza not hitting. 
Like, I guess I can do like a baked Lay's, right. maybe. So you get the baked chips in the little juice box. Mm-hmm. My, my parents don't mind me. I used to hate. I hated being. Sometimes I hate being a kid. Because even when I was a kid, I knew I didn't have control over things. Yeah, I, you used to get mad about stuff. You couldn't do anything about it. Hundred <laughs> percent. My excitement for lunch is like we had our school. Like they made like chocolate chip cookies. I don't know if it. I don't know Michelle about Prudy chocolate cookies, but it was really good. <laughs> no uh, shit. If they, if they <laughs> was good, she out of Prudy. You had so, black market cookies. Yeah, so it would be 25 cents a cookie. And so what happened is I'll buy four cookies and I'll buy orange juice. My dad, I think high school, I've always had free lunch. Um, my dad started giving me money for snacks, I think, in high school. And so I'll buy those four cookies and orange juice. But the thing is, too, is like you be at the table, all your boys, like, damn, you're not even going to break that cookie you have. So now it became like, all right. Yeah, dudes were scoundrels. Scou- scoundrels. <laughs> and so the days you don't got, you know, cookie money, it's like, yo, you could, like, I remember even when I didn't have cookie money, because my dad would do that t- t- two or three times a week. Somebody always be like, oh, see, I got you, you know, because I, I, bro- I broke bread with everybody. I was never like a stingy person, especially when it came to food. So, like, if I had four cookies and there was eight of us, I guess we split them all in half. But don't, don't, don't be, don't act goofy now when, you know, Steven don't come with his two dollars. And mm-hmm. I know one of y'all got a buck for some, um, for some cookies. So, but those cookies was fire. But senior year, I think Michelle Bond found out because they got, they didn't taste that good senior year. But freshman, sophomore year, no, that chocolate was gooey. That that was not regulated. Senior year, they didn't have no gluten in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question for y'all though. Um, I think this is a question, of course, that pertains to us, but even to people listening, because mentoring younger people, I see like some they have they struggle with this, especially college students. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask: as you grow and you change and develop as a person, of course, how did you adjust your dreams with that? Did they stay the same? Were you still, even though, like, even as you went through college, right, and, uh, as undergraduate, and like you, you know, you went through these experiences, all these opportunities, and you start, you know, you see yourself undeniably change as a person, right? Um, so how did that in your initial dreams coming in? Like, how did you change? How did your dreams change with you? Um, I think for me, they just became more of my dreams mm-hmm. um, versus sort of like, you know, what fits best or, you know, what will my parents like or what, you know, is going to give me the best job immediately after college. I think they just became yeah. more of my dreams. Mm-hmm. So for me, like looking back, like I wanted to be an architect at one point. Um, I wanted to own my own business at one point. And these things haven't really changed. Like I'm still interested in floor plans and I watch HGTV, you know, in my, <laughs> in my free time. Like I still want to, you know, be entrepreneur in some capacity. But I think for me, it gave me the opportunity to really explore like what giving back meant. So I think for me, it's always been, you know, get a good job and you'll be able to give back like on the weekends and you'll be able to give back like, you know, the time that you donate and volunteer. But for me, it was like, why can't I have a career where I'm giving back on a daily basis? So that that became it for me and trying to combine, you know, my passion for business and, and my interest in, in giving back through education and seeing some equality in the classroom and in higher education spaces. But I think it just became more my dream. So I, it wasn't a matter of, all right, is mom going to like this? And, you know, am I going to get a good paycheck after? It was like, I could figure that stuff out down the line, like the money's going to come, delayed gratification and things like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. what do I want to do? That's going to make me happy, not on the weekends, not, you know, five hours after work on a Thursday. Like, what's going to make me happy from nine to five or whatever hours I work um, in my profession? So you grounded your dreams and like your unique way of going through life, like you know, your, so. your personal way, you know? Okay. I think a lot of the foundation for my dreams after my McDonald's um, <laughs> trials and tribulations. Debacle. <laughs> yeah, debacle. Um very financial base. Like my parents never missed a day to remind us that you know we are not a rich family. We do not come from wealth. Um, my dad always says we're not we're not rich in money. We're rich in family, right? 
That was what he liked to say. And so it was always a reminder that we're here. We love you. You know, you can enjoy it, but, you know, we got to get money. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. bills got to get paid. People at home who need to be fed. So, like, whatever you choose to do, you need to make some money. So growing up, it was like I need a job that gets me six figures because six figures is enough where – my dad can get the Benz he's been asking for since I was seven. My mom can get whatever car she's been asking for since I was eight. And I could just take care of everybody and stuff enough money for myself and live a good life. And that's changed in the sense of I don't feel the pressure for that. Like, I'm still going to get that money regardless. Like, I know what I will need to do that money, but it's more aligned with my passion. It's not purely financially driven. And I think as I was growing and manifesting my dream, it was always about what can – my dream like open me up to right so i don't want to just do the field that my dream is in i want that to be just another step into something else i might do in the future so for example i'm doing computer science um i'm doing like wireless networks understanding how like you know wi-fi bluetooth and other stuff kind of work with um connect the connected world that we're in and that's great you know what i'm saying from a pragmatic standpoint and like a production standpoint but let's take that step further you know can i integrate this with business can i integrate this type of coursework into maybe schools can i create camps or how can i take technology and explore different avenues and utilize it and i think you realizing that tech doesn't have to limit me to tech was kind of what kept me there because a lot of things i saw myself doing especially because um i was into business for quite some time i'm still into business in a sense um i couldn't see past business right like if I was going to do marketing I couldn't see myself going from marketing to technology but I could see myself going from technology to business I could see myself going from technology to healthcare I can mm-hmm. see technology to politics like I can for me personally I'm not saying this doesn't happen like people probably could tell me these connections for them and that's cool but for me I can see tech as a hub for me to tackle different industries and I don't want to say I get bored quickly but I like to do I like to yeah. do different things. I'm not a risk taker or nothing like that, but I like to just explore, and I'm very I'm curious. And so I think tech allows my curiosity to flow. And so once I had that, I knew I knew in the long run the money would take care of itself because I've never I've never um, doubted my ability to at some point in time be able to be financially stable. Mm-hmm. And even when th- I wasn't financially stable, I would make it work regardless. So once I get to that point, I assume I'm just going to be good. Um, bad assumption maybe, but. Mm-hmm. So not financially driven, more passion and jack of all trades driven. So mm-hmm. you find you find you're like one thing that can make you do everything that you want to exactly. do. Exactly. You know? I've always tried to pride myself. I think growing up, I, I never want anybody to think I was like a one trick pony. I think that was the most disrespectful thing. Like, oh yeah, they're a one trick pony. Like, oh they can only go right. Oh they can only like you know when somebody says only and they attach that to you, that used to get me tight. I'm like, damn, they're just <laughs> you're one dimensional. Like you're you're terrible. And so. <laughs> <I'm screaming. laughs> So I just like to pride myself on like having multiple skills, and we talked about this. Like I'm, I'm gonna get a realtor license like in the next two years, just just to understand realty, how um real estate works. Become I don't know, am I gonna become a broker? Maybe I don't know. Um, but grabbing these you licenses, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the purpose. Like I don't know what's gonna happen in this world in the next 20, ten or twenty years, and so mm-hmm. by just limiting myself to just tech and grant, I can do a lot of things with tech. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think that um, that's a very important point that you made, like what's going to happen in the world, because I think that, as of course, as we're getting older, but I think something that people would understand is that um, the world changes every 10 years. It's going to be a completely different place than what it was. Yep. Probably most of like every five years, there's like a dramatic shift in something. Um, but 
to for my for me personally about how I grew up, my dreams. Uh, so I'm a first generation American and college student. So when I was applying to college, it was like on my own. I was like, yeah, I filled out the application. I did it fast, as like you know, um, and and all that fun stuff. So my dreams always led me forward and like what I wanted to do. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I was like I was a phys- I wanted to do physics going into college, and I was like, okay, I want to be like I wanted to get a master. I want to no, I wanted to get a physics degree and then shift into engineering. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm like engineering per se, but I definitely want to like dip my toe in there, like, yeah. you know, see if I can do it. And uh, and I would definitely want to trade. So, and I never wanted like like you, I never wanted anything to limit me. I want, I think I originally wanted to be an engineer, but I was like, that's too specific of a skill set for yes. me, and I did not like that. I would spend four years in college just to learn one specific thing that I can only use in one specific field, one specific job. And physics, I could did that. I could did the research. I could did engineering. I could do like you know, you can do so many different things. So. Um, my dreams always led me forward, and I would change about I would change what I was doing depending on the dream that I had. So I went from being wanting to like find like a unified theory in physics about how everything relates to each other, and how did I to realize I'm not that good at math. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like it's very similar, but like you know, I then transitioned into wanting my own nanotechnology company because it was going to be a billion dollar industry, probably still is, if one that wants to research gets there, and then technology you know, subsequently gets there as well. And I was like, okay, I want my stake in that. I want my own big company where, like, I really pretty much want to be Elon Musk. Like, I want to be the same person. I want to be like this like modern day, like Iron Man type of dude where I was like doing all these tech inventions and stay, I'm finding ways to improve life through technology um, and like and just innovating on the way that we kind of go through our day-to-day life until once again, I wasn't good at math. <laughs> so where was I going? You wasn't nice went with math? No. I went to Calc 3, and I had a D- minus in Calc 3. Oh, when we was in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah What about in high saying. school? You was nice with math in high no, school. No, I was never Okay, so you was never math. Okay, no, math. No, me, no. me and math I, was best friends. Yeah, no. My dad, my dad, my dad. Up until, like, senior year, me and math was best friends. Yeah, my, my dad forced me. Like, if there's anything my dad planned in my head, it was math. If I didn't understand something, I told you, I had a whiteboard in my house. I still yeah. have one there, actually. It's, it's trauma. But <laughs> <laughs> you know my undergrad degrees, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was in English. <laughs> no, I was on the wrong path, you know, for myself. But I, I was realizing that I was always adjusting, like you know, I was always going through life and my experiences and reflecting on them and being like, okay, if I can't do Calc three, how am I going to do linear linear algebra? How am I going to do differential equations? You know, the math isn't going to stop from here on out. Like, mm-hmm. and once you get hired, this you only expect you to know these things like off rip. Mm-hmm. Once you go in and physics, you know, and you just come in and like that has to be very applied because physics is all math. And so I'm like, who am I? What am I? Who am I kidding? Actually, yeah. <laughs> to be going there. So as I was growing and doing what I had to do, um, I just switched to where my skills apply best, uh, and uh, I got into education psychology by taking chances on my opportunities and learning what research was, throwing myself to the fire, you know, doing trying it out, and I just I just grew. I let my dreams grow with me. I never let them stop. They always led me, but I, you have to control it and like you know make sure that. It's like, you know, like Corey and Steven said, like you have to make sure like your passion is there. I try not to be, I try not to let the money guide me because it's a lot. You yeah. Know, it's not, it will, it will lead you wrong. Money is empty. It's not going to get you. If you just, if that's like your value in life, it's not going to get you anywhere. You're never going to be satisfied, you know? Until you have more money. No, you're still not going to be satisfied. You're, yeah, you're never going to be satisfied. No, no you, you, you see the billionaires no, in this country. No, no, you're no, never going to be satisfied. No, I'm saying it's a cycle. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you're always telling yourself until I have yeah. more money, until I have more money. Until I have and more then you buy elections. And then the more, <laughs> because what? Steve, you're always trying to bring up, go ahead. Bro. No, but no, he's right. No, nah, no, nah, he's yeah, right, he's right. Because I think like you get so much money, you get so insecure about it, and then you're like, I don't want to lose my money. I just yeah. want to keep getting more money. 
And what's, what's enough money? There's no, there's no concept. There's not, it's not any Bible, any law, anywhere that says that there's enough money for one person to have. That's a fact. For some reason, every time I hear money, yo, it's just, in my head, I'm like, scare money, don't make. No, I don't know why. To this <laughs> day, it always comes in my head. Shout out to that legend Meek, man. Uh, oh, 15 to my city. Oh, here, we here, 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 here we go. Hey, who passing the aux first? <laughs> <laughs> right, Mike, Mike must got it. Mike must got it, right. Passing the aux first? Yeah, oh, talk to me. So I just had a little throwback. Because we were talking about our childhood dreams, I wanted to pick a song from my childhood that made me, like, you know, not to be like you know corny, but it actually did make me dream a lot. It actually made me more like think about giving back to my city. Um, so everyone should pretty, probably know the song, but the song I chose was "Homecoming" by Kanye West, and I believe it's featuring Chris Martin. Do you know so. Yeah, unofficially. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah. And you say, Shy City. Shy City, Shy City I'm coming home again Do you think about me now and then? Yeah Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home Years old, and what I love most, she had so much soul. She said, Excuse me, little homie, I know you don't know me, but my name is Wendy, and I like to blow trees. And from that point, I never blow her off. Niggas come from out of town, I like to show her off. They like to act tough, she like to tone them off and make them straighten up their hat, cause she know they soft. And when I grew up, she showed me how to go downtown. And at nighttime, my face lit up, so astounding. I told her, and my heart is where she always be. She never mess with entertainers. Cause they always leave She said it felt like they walked and drove on me Knew I was gang affiliated Got on TV and told on me I guess that's why last winter she got so cold on me She said, yeah, keep I'm making that Keep making again. that platinum and gold for me Do you think about me now and then? Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming That piano always got me. I said, I, I, I remember being in like, when it came out, it came out like 2008, I think I was 12. I'll never forget having those Apple headphones with the wire in my ear going to school and hearing that piano. Dum, dun, 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 dun. Yo, that legendary stuff. And I just always dream about, he like, he, the way he was telling the story, that's how I, like, I kind of got into like, you know, that rapping made me like get into writing a lot. And so I was just beautiful. The Apple headphones with the wire. I don't even think them kids know what it is. I was asking the other day, do kids know how to double dutch on Twitter? And I don't think. They do. No. Kids don't know a lot of things nowadays. That's crazy. They don't That's know crazy. what it's like to call the house phone, but, you know. It's like, I'll let that rock. Here we um, go. Showing our age. <laughs> <laughs> um, my song, you know, I'm just keep bringing it to y'all, uh, is by an artist named Mariba. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, she's an R&B artist. Uh, had a project out last, I think, end of 2019 that was really good. It's called The Jungle Is The Only Way. Um, only Way Out, excuse me. And so the song I chose is Sandstorm featuring um, J.I.D., We were low, we were high, Jekyll high, let's still stay by your side You know I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried I was wrong, you was right, justified, I was playing with fire What a divide, 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 divide Good God, you niggas are crazy Justified the feeling, it's all we do so 
So yeah, check her out. Um, she's real dope. She does a lot of collabs with JID. If you don't know JID, um, that's one of Dreamville's finest. Um, and they're just keeping it pushing. So R and B, keep it going. Um, so R and B, keep it going. I think mine is a little bit R and B, a little bit hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, a newer artist that came across uh, my timeline a little while ago. Uh, but Laven uh, Kali, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Laven Kali did a song called Homegirl with himself, Smino, and Topaz Jones. Um, definitely a catchy little song, so make sure you you know give it a full listen. Um, but Laven Kali, Laven Kali uh, Homegirl. That's my motherfucking homegirl Don't be a snitch, we ain't done nothing wrong, girl That ain't my bitch, that's my motherfucking homegirl Yeah, 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 whoa, whoa Ah, ah, ah That ain't my bitch, that's my motherfucking homegirl If she might say I miss you sometimes when I'm feeling like that And I admit she fine, ain't no disrespect if she don't hit my line every time trying to smash But we probably still kick it though Even if I'm in the studio working Say he's bringing heat. He gotta maintain his spot in the rankings. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to keep that that top spot. That's all we're doing. So I'm not doing no benediction because clearly I messed up the intro. Go ahead. No, now now it's your chance right now. Now they're used to it. They, okay. they, waited, they, they waited a whole pie for this exact moment no, to hear Mike's benediction. No, they didn't. They didn't. I'm the, the least uh, look forward to. <laughs> that is remember the Mike cap. Mike has the least enemies at this table. I'm pretty sure they listen for Mike. Oh, I don't make enemies. Definitely has the least. Exactly. So don't make enemies. That's why I don't make enemies. They make themselves. What's that? You see how he euro step become busy just like. <laughs> right, easy way up into the, into the and one and one uh, in the lane in the lane. Uh, I don't make enemies. Uh, yeah, listen, man. I, the, I don't. I what, just what, do me. Started Iron Man three. We create our own demons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. Iron Man three. What Marvel movies are coming out this year? I don't, you know I'm not a Marvel person. Oh yeah, I'm, you're I'm a hater. The, I'm ready for the Batman. I'm not a hater. I'm oh, just I'm, I'm just a DC okay. person. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Spider-Man will come out in 2021. I mean, Marvel yeah. movies are cute, you know. Just fan, fa- fast, fast, nine fast Nine come out. Fast Nine come out. That's all I care about. To Fast Nine, they, yeah. they got a Corey don't care about that. that. <laughs> Corey don't yeah. he don't care about that. They they gotta, gotta, I do. I, I've seen every Fast and Furious movie. They got a band. They should have stopped at the seven. I'm. I'm they I don't know. I couldn't watch at the Paul Walker. After the second one, bro. 
What are you saying? I haven't seen the Fast and Furious movie since like the second one. The last one I watched <laughs> was, was that the Tokyo Drift. Yeah. No, no, the no. second one was Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Really? Tokyo Drift was the third one, right? Yeah, okay, Tokyo okay, okay. Yeah, I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike was on FX and on TNT. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> I'm saying movies. this because the FX. movies throughout FX. the years, throughout the franchise, have gotten considerably worse. And I know you're supposed to suspend disbelief when you watch them, but I just can't. I just, I I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if they're worse. They're just different. Look. <laughs> he said they're just different. Look, Corey Pro- Bro, you, you, didn't, you didn't see past the second one. Why yeah, that's see, crazy. No, 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 no. I don't even see Vin Diesel jumping from cars and, like, Look, stopping tanks with his hands I, I, or something I, uh, like that. I can admit that Tokyo Drift was a little weird. I don't understand. I like Tokyo Drift, personally. That was the one I least liked, to be honest. I liked it, personally. I liked the vibes. The movie was good. The vibe was great. The music was good, too. It just didn't fit, but... Like, for me, I just love all the Fast and Furious movies. I go watch them in the theaters. I drive real fast when I leave. Corey, what are the plot of these movies? <laughs> what are they even doing? <laughs> Yo, honestly? <laughs> Tell it, me. Enlighten me. The plot is family. Why does Hobbs Shaw have a separate movie? What is The Rock doing? What is Jason Stream doing? Family. It's family. It, it gave Ludacris a check. It gave it, Tyrese a check. Give time. Oh, Tyrese needed now, that check. Now I'm making the black argument. Did he? <laughs> now <laughs> it gives The Rock a check. Who else? Who else? The black producers on the check. You don't listen to no Luda tracks. Don't, don't play Mike. No Luda? You listen to Luda now? No, no. His last track was what? Tory Lanez on Chicks Take Five? I can even tell you. You get Gun to man, I can tell you like <laughs> Ludacris dropped the song. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. After um, was it the fifth or sixth movie that Paul Walker died? Fifth. Fifth. fifth yeah, movie. after the fifth one, I think I might have watched the sixth one. I don't remember. I can't watch it no more. It was like The Rock loved him to death. He, they, they just <laughs> they're trying to force him into a role of. I mean, it worked. He got his own movie. <laughs> I, he, he did. With, what's what's that guy's name? Yeah, I didn't watch that. Um, um Shaw. Shaw and Hobbs. Or yeah, Hobbs Shaw. Shaw. yeah, no, yeah. I, they. they, they Jason Stratham, right? Yeah, I think the, so. The uh, transporter? Did you see the transporter? Mm. Come on, y'all playing. I seen, I seen all the Mike, you, you didn't even see any of the Bassi? He didn't even watch that. Fast Furious movies are garbage. Mike, but no, I'm doing a benediction because Mike right. is really about to, I don't want to go off on nah, the y'all got, me, y'all got me vexed when you Shout out to the listeners, man. We're glad y'all here for us on this journey. Um, appreciate it from North America all the way to Australia and everybody in between. We love y'all for real. Um, Probably, go ahead. Continue to tell your auntie, to tell her mother, to tell her grandmother, to tell her best friends. Always the auntie. <laughs> always throw the right, auntie. <laughs> Corey scheming over here. Um, Corey well, been scheming. Don't let the streets fool you. That's a benediction right there. That's a benediction. That's the close out right there. Just look, on don't listen. Don't listen to anything that's being said, man. Make sure you continue to listen to the pod. Continue to like, rate, uh, subscribe, get feedback. Hit us up. Um, we're definitely talking to each other to make sure that we're continuing to improve each and every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love we love the support. We're here six episodes in, um, and we just want to keep growing and keep building. So. Yeah, definitely. Thank y'all. I don't listen to Steven at all. Oh, my um, God. Mike coming back with the next intro. Watch it. Come back with the next intro. That's all he's uh, doing is intros. I'll, I won't fail you again. I apologize. <laughs> Just say the same thing you said this time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on that note, um, we out, man. Peace and love, y'all. All right, peace. Keep your dreams alive.